G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It could be argued that it's not only life itself that's a miracle, it's that we are able to appreciate and reflect on it. What is it about humanity that allows us to consider life not only from a biological perspective but from other dimensions too? And for some, that's like new insight. What do you mean there are other dimensions other than a biological perspective? Well, we can talk about philosophical dimensions or uh, anthropological dimensions. And as Christians, we'll often talk about theological perspectives. Well, if we are simply random byproducts of natural selection, doesn't it seem a bit odd that we would care at all about deeper questions concerning who we are, both as living beings and in relation to a first cause of existence, talking about God. Well, our special guest this hour says he's pretty confident that his dog doesn't lie around contemplating big questions about existence. He says, just as the Christian believes that faith is a gift from God, Sustained by the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, humanity's ability to reason is also a gift. Benjamin Swift, he's the author of a new book called Beyond the Fish Sticker, seeking a deeper knowledge of God and ourselves. And over this next hour, Benjamin is joining us, our special guest. We'll open our talkback lines shortly, but Ben, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you. It's good to be here. Ben, we'll get into our conversation. Uh, let's just talk about you for a few moments here. You were a preacher's kid who grew up, and as your Christian faith became richer, uh, you moved from the shallows and into some deeper waters. Uh, tell us about your upbringing and, and how you got into some deeper thinking about these things. Yeah, well, my um, yeah, my dad was a, an Anglican minister. Um, grew up in Melbourne uh, in churches down there mainly, Um yeah, so I, I've kind of had a very wide experience, though, within the church. Um, I went from an evangelical Anglican sort of background to more of a Pentecostal background at university, where uh, that that sort of made me ask a whole lot of new questions because they were throwing up things that I'd never heard before, and um, some things didn't sit right. And so I, you know, I was sent to research um, a lot more than I had been, and. And I moved from there to um, other circles. I'm currently at a Presbyterian church. But I've also worked in Lutheran education for many years. Um, so it's kind of I'm seeing perspective from a lot of angles. Yeah. And when you say when you're at university, uh, university is an interesting place, isn't it? Because all sorts of people are on a journey, and if you're going to be grappling with these big questions, a great place to be doing that, uh, because all sorts of people are on different trajectories, and they're all heading in all sorts of different directions. Uh, you had That's your right. own experiences in university where you were grappling with these things, and there were others who were your colleagues and your companions who, who had different ideas. Yeah, and I think when you're at university, particularly if you're at university straight out of school, 
uh, I think you're at an age where you are grappling with things and you're trying to uh, understand things yourself, just from your parents' perspective, but you um, also haven't got much life experience at that point. And so you can form a lot of your opinions based on a a life that hasn't really been led for that long. Um, And I think that things can change um, for you. Over the years, you start to go through a lot more of life um, and you start to ask more questions that are probably... You know, attached to things like pain. Um, I mean, not to say that there's younger people that haven't had that, but you know, there's there's just more to ask after a longer time on the earth. Yeah. Okay, so in in one sense here, when we talk about, and I'm getting listeners to respond on the idea of shallow end and deep end, uh, just to uh, give us some sort of perspective here, but, uh, but what you're saying with the, you know, the more shallow end of our Christian experience perhaps is the way that we're uh, not necessarily got all those years under us giving us some levels of wisdom, uh, but really around the idea that there is worldly thought. What are your thoughts about, you know, being in the shallow end uh, as uh, as a Christian believer or as someone who might be on the edge uh, seeking after some uh, some answers about meaning? Well, I think the, um, the danger of um, sort of trying to fit Christianity into something that you're constructing yourself um, for your own life, that's, that's something to consider. I think to be um, somebody who really wants to dive in the deep end, you've got to really grapple with who you are and who God is and the vast difference between the two. And you've got to want more, you, you want to know more about what God is trying to reveal to you, whether or not you like it or not, whether or not it fits into you know, our, um, our way of thinking that seems to be in society where we're aiming to be happy or aiming to have um, nothing go wrong in life and so on. Um, rather, what is the scriptures actually, what are they actually teaching us about ourselves and about him and about life and what, you know, what ultimate purpose is and so on. Yeah. You talk about grappling with these issues. I suspect uh, that there would be many who would be hoping that being in the deep end is handed to you on a platter. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts about what the grappling means. I mean, you know, we turn up at church on a Sunday, we see a pastor or a priest, and they might give some level of teaching or preaching from the platform, and we think that's enough. Uh, what are your thoughts on this idea of grappling with some of these issues? Yeah, well, I think that to grapple with issues, you have to spend time, and I think that's one of the things that people these days struggle to do. Um we're also busy all the time, but um, if you're really wanting to know the truth and really wanting to know the depth of what God has to sh- to reveal to us, we have to spend the time to do it. And there's so many people that have gone before us that um, have already gone down these pathways and they've got so much to share. Um, and I think that's where we need to head. Um, I, I did quote in my book, um, some people might have heard of um, Henry Van Til, and he, he talks about faith um, from God being like a wedge that separates humanity. So um, that wedge sort of separates the, our inclination to either want to, fi- want to find out more about God, want to go further into that deep end, or on the opposite side, it's all about us. Um, and that's really you know, the, two, the two ways that people go. Um, so... If you want to go in the deep end, then, um, yeah, you've really got to spend the time to 
to listen. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So shallow end, it's all about me. Deep end, it's all about God. And uh, a wedge in the middle, a choice to be made of being on one side or the other. That's uh, that's really quite a simple and yet profound way of thinking about how you might approach deeper waters. Uh, I wonder whether, you know, when we talk deep, I mean, what are we talking about? How deep? Because I suspect anyone who's gone and grappled with some of these sorts of issues recognize that the depth is unfathomable because you simply can't get into the depth in the way that you think you might go and fathom the depths, but the depths are so deep each time you go another little bit deeper, there is so much more to yet discover. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on just how deep the deep can be? Well, I think, um, I think it's bottomless. And I think that you're right. The more, the more you come to understand, the more you understand that you don't know much at all. Um, but uh, having said that, uh, and, and having sort of, um, you know, contemplated how, difficult it is to find more that doesn't mean we shouldn't and i think christianity becomes richer um the more we do find out i, I think you know all of this um finding out what god is like it's it can only happen though um because god gives us this gift so um that's that's the reason why we're so um in uh, i suppose you'd say um confrontation with the thoughts of everybody who isn't a christian um uh, because it just seems like nonsense to them, whereas to us, you know, we're seeing things, uh, we're seeing wisdom in a deeper and deeper level. They're seeing foolishness in a deeper and deeper level. That's that's the tension that exists. Um, so yeah. nonsense to those who want to stay in the shallow end where it's all about me and uh, the idea, well, if it's all about me, why do I need to know all of this other stuff about God, about getting into deeper issues of meaning. And uh, there are some who do appear not to be too interested in knowing anything about anything deeper because they're just happy uh, to uh, be in their own little world. Hey, I want to just ask you here, because uh, when I mentioned in the introduction, uh, you said, I'm sure my dog doesn't contemplate big questions about existence. Uh, mm. Let's talk about this for a few moments, because we might be thinking about shallow end and deep end, but let's mm. talk about why we might even have the opportunity to talk about these things at all. Uh, did you have a, a light globe moment one day when you were playing with your dog, or what, what, was, the, what was around yeah. that whole thing? Well, I, I just... It's it's just a reflection on um, Genesis, really. Like you know, it, when it talks about the creation of um, everything, when when it gets to that pinnacle moment of humanity being created to be God's little reflectors, really to reflect His glory back into the world and um, to be His image bearers, and yeah, to actually do that, we need to be able to um, you know, contemplate who He is and. What he's what he's revealed to us about himself and um, yeah, with animals like it just yeah, there's no evidence to say that that actually happens. They they're they're more of a uh, they're creatures that are in survival mode. Um, they do what they do to to survive and live. And um, it's not to say they don't ever show any affection or anything like that. But it's it's a different level of um, reflection. Yeah, you know, there's no evidence to to show that animals have libraries of thought or, you know, classes in philosophy or anything like that. Everything they do is at a, a simple biological level. 
Um, and, and, I mean, within themselves, they do reflect certain uh, aspects of God in his, in his um, you know, creativeness, I suppose you'd say. Um, but it's just a different sort of um, relationship that they have with God. Yeah. So as humans, we're the ones who are recipients of what we might call, and you're saying this is like a gift from God, the ability to be able to grapple with issues of meaning that our mm. animals don't have. So there's something special about humanity, and I guess we could talk about being created in the image and likeness of God, and God's given us that capacity. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. Benjamin Swift, our guest, author of a new book called Beyond the Fish Sticker, Seeking a Deeper Knowledge of God and Ourselves. Hey, Benjamin, just before we go any further, uh, let's come back to this Facebook question I'm asking listeners to respond to today. Is the knowledge of God supposed to be shallow or deep? Uh, how do you get to the deep end? I think there'll be a one-sided response to this, but what are your thoughts about the question? Well, I think we're called to become, um, you know, we're called to the deep end within the Bible. Um, we're called to move from the, um, you know, from milk to solid food, um, which basically means, you know, we, we start out a certain way as Christians, but we're not supposed to just stay there. We're supposed to, to grow. And I, th- I think if you, um, you're going to be uh, an effective apologist, for instance. Um, so you're going to talk to people about the reasonableness of your Christian faith, which is what we're called to do. Uh, you just you need to have reasons for it. You need to have a, a strong understanding of why why do you believe what you believe? Um, what is the evidence for that? Um, what do people you know? What have people found over over history? Um, great thinkers, great theologians, plus obviously what it says in the Bible. So we're definitely called to to move into that deep end. Um, if we're not, and we have conversations with people, uh, God's probably not going to be using us as well as what you know we could be used. Um, not yeah, He'll definitely use someone, but if we want to be used, we, we've got to jump into the deep end. Okay, let's. Uh, I'll I'll mention a few thoughts from listeners here and get your uh, your response. Anne says the only way to get to the deep end is to read the word, listen to sermons and lessons from pastors and Bible teachers so you can learn what it all really means and how to apply the word to your life. This is what I do. Uh, what are your thoughts for Anne? Is there some elements in there that are worthy of, uh, of picking out or are some of those? Is there some extra ones, something missing? What are your thoughts for Anne? I think everything she says is really good. I think one of the things that has helped me um, with that kind of with those kind of suggestions is to have a, a really good set of commentaries, um, Bible commentaries that someone that, that's written them that you can really trust. Um, and so that when you read certain passages in the scriptures, don't just read it and try and always interpret it based on what you think it means, because of, often it's um, yeah, you know, there's a lot more to it. So if you've got a commentary sitting alongside that, then it can take you down a path that you might expect that it to go down. Um, you you actually learn a lot more. You can see the connections a lot more between the whole Bible, not just um, standalone passages. So uh, you know, I've learned over the time of doing a lot of reading just how much Jesus actually says that's directly from the Old Testament. It's amazing. Um, 
And so, yeah, you just start to understand what things are actually about more. Yeah, she said some good, good stuff, and and I got to say, you know, sitting with with the commentary, uh, that's one thing. Of course, you need to look for trustworthy resources there too, and we may be able to develop that more. Let's hear. Well, let's uh, Alan who says uh, we all go in the shallow end, like it said, novice once, expert forever. So it's a climb. So, uh, you know, we're talking different mixing metaphors here, uh, but uh, we all go in the shallow end. Uh, it's not so easy to get to the deep end. What are your thoughts for Alan? Yeah, well, <clears throat> um, I've just um, finished writing an article lately about um, sanctification, which is pretty much linked to what Alan's saying, um, I, th- I think. Um, and that is, yeah, we once we become a Christian, um, it's a journey from that point on of, you know, being renewed day by day. Um, and, you know, but we never reach perfection in this life, but um, even though we're seen as perfect by God, um, we we are on this journey that won't end in perfection until he returns. So, you know, we're getting, we're, we're becoming more and more mature as Christians up until that day. Um, and I think that relates to what he's saying. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, listeners can respond on Facebook. A bunch more of those comments we'll bring out in a short while. Well, let's take a call. Uh, we've got Steve on the line. Steve from Parks. Hi, Steve. Welcome along. Uh, g'day, uh, Brother Neil and, and your distinguished guest. <laughs> I had a vicious struggle with this thing of faith for many years, and I, I searched desperately for some answer. I could see it in the eyes of a lot of people. They had this sort of... You know, they say the eyes are the windows to your soul. And I saw it in many other people, but I never thought I had it myself. I came across this quote in a philosophy book, and it taught away a lot of the confusion for me. It was written by a fellow called Jax Rousseau, R-O-U-S-S-E-A-U. And he, he stated this, I have suffered too much in this life not to expect another. All the subtleties of metaphysics will never make me doubt for a moment the immortality of the soul and the beneficent providence. I feel it, I believe it, I want it, I hope for it. Hope for it. I will defend it with my last breath. And that was written more than 1,700 years ago, or in the year 1,700, sorry. Uh, And he was criticised that they tried to destroy him but he never backed away from his belief in God, no matter how much he, he was heavily persecuted. This, I think, was in the 1700s, this was. Um, but you need an anchor in it. And, look, I claim progress, and I have uh, not perfection, and I have me stuff-ups just like the rest of you. But I need it's an, an anchor point, and what better anchor point than... And I find it very confusing to this day, some of the interpretations in the good book. But he's, he really zeroed in on it. He was obviously desperately searching himself. And that quote I found very moving. You're Steve, good stuff that you're sharing there. Let's get a thought or two from our guest. Ben, what are your thoughts for Steve? Yeah, I think um, having a rock, like you say, uh, like an anchor, um, I think God provides really the only ultimate anchor that we can have. Um, and particularly the way the world is, um, with its subjective thinking, so like you know, we can make up our own truths and so on. I think it's it just takes um, any anchor for people right away. 
um, they've got nothing. They've got no foundation when they think like that. And there's so whenever anything happens in life um, that is painful, like you say, um, there's no, there's nothing to hold on to. It's like there's, there's no meaning. There's no ultimate meaning, um, which is the only, you know, the only ultimate meaning that you're going to find comes from Christ. And so, yeah, I think it's a very important point. And obviously, uh, you, you talk about the um, abuse that people will will hurl at you for thinking that way, but that's just the, what we were talking about before. You know, to the world, um, Christian Christianity is just foolishness. And we were warned, you know, several times by Jesus that that's the way things are going to go. But ultimately, who cares what they think? You know, we've got the ultimate. We've got the ultimate rock to stand on, um, not the shifting sands, as they say. Yeah. Steve from Parks, thank you so much for your call. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. If you'd like to join in our conversation today, you can respond on our Facebook page too, where there's a question there and a poll that you can respond to. Is the knowledge of God supposed to be shallow or deep? And how do you get to the deep end? You can uh, cast your vote on the poll. Uh, It's going to be rather one-sided. 99% of people are saying deep. Of course, the knowledge of God is supposed to be deep. Uh, Interestingly, coming back to this, what we already began to talk about is uh, what for some feels shallow, for others looks deep. And uh, wonderful to hear from Steve, and he's quoting a philosopher, but for a lot of us, Benjamin, when we pick up a philosopher's book, it's so hard to read because they're just so far above the sorts of things that we're normally talking about or thinking about. I imagine you've got to find an entry point to go deeper as to wherever you're at. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think you're spot on. Like I I, um, have definitely found my ability to read anyway, which is all I can talk about, um, has been... A journey in what, yeah, I, I sort of started off reading things like C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity and The Problem of Pain. Uh, those two, I, I mean, they even have some language in them that is not, you know, the easiest. But, um, yeah, it, it was a really good starting point. And I think you need that. Um, I remember giving, uh, being given, sorry, uh, um, philosophy, like a, a link to a blog that was a philosophy blog once. and when I clicked on it, I had no idea what it was talking about, and I just wasn't for it at the time. Uh, I think you do have to find somebody who you can ask, you know, for some recommendations on really good entry points to get you thinking. Um, so yeah, I, I would. Um, I like reading people like John Lennox and Alistair McGrath. Um, they're they're apologists, not so much philosophers. Um, yeah, there's but there are people out there that have written philosophy, but yeah, in a way that's a lot more accessible to the average person. Yeah. Another comment on Facebook from Daniel, and this one's a little bit controversial, and a quick response from you. Uh, he says, maybe don't just listen to pastors who've been indoctrinated to think and interpret according to their particular traditions. Explore mm. our shared history. Questions are good. Now, that's a controversial one. I would say... Uh, Keep a link to your pastor, but a quick thought from you on on uh, on exploring further than your own denomination. No, I definitely agree with asking questions. Uh, I think you need to ask ask questions, but seek answers in the right place. Um, I think, well, they you know you're always taught to interpret scripture, 
you um, sort of have questions about what you're saying, go to what the Bible says about that, and then what other people um, interpret that passage to mean. Uh, yeah, I think it's a healthy thing to ask questions. And I think even asking, if, you, if you're listening to a sermon and something did come up and you were thinking, I'm not sure about that, well, see what the pastor actually says as well. Um, but yeah, asking questions is always healthy. Asking questions and bring your pastor into your conversation. Uh, ben, let's uh, move into some other deeper waters here. Sometimes when we talk about having a deeper understanding of the things of God, uh, we're talking around you know how we defend our faith, becoming confident and able, being able to do that. Sometimes we call that apologetics, uh, but there's uh, there's some issues around apologetics because it's not all just about uh, getting a logical argument. Uh, the deep end has to be a little bit more than just being able to answer tough questions. What are your thoughts around that issue? Yeah, well, I think that um, you know people are obviously human beings with with feelings and emotions, and they're going through a whole range of different struggles. And I think you know, if we're going to be apologists for Christ. We need to be people that can um, you know, be identifying with the reality of who people are. Not just they're not just people that need a logical argument all the time. Um, they need somebody who can share the peace that that Christ offers and um, that can heal them. Um, they that can provide that rock for them to stand on um, when times are really difficult. Uh, so a logical argument is is useful in certain contexts, but we shouldn't be sacrificing the heart for the head all the time um we need to need to be able to do both Uh, yeah and i imagine that if you're only ever seeing jesus as an historic figure and uh, searching for information about him uh, that could be a little bit lacking as well what are your thoughts there yeah well um I think i think blaise pascal i did a quote in my book that he kind of answers this question he says that he came to believe that faith in God transcends reason because it flows from the heart, and the heart has reasons which reason knows nothing about. So he kind of, um, yeah, he's saying that Christianity is is full of things that sometimes the head is not capable of just dealing with. It goes beyond the head; it goes into the heart. It's it's an important thing to consider. Okay, the head and the heart. It's not just about what knowledge you have. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Jason's on the line from Victoria. Hi, Jason. Welcome. You? Good, you Jason. As well? Jason, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are more people need to know who this really is. He is the greatest person in history. He does He. Him. They need their heart to be set on him. Okay, we're talking the greatest person in history, but not just a fact of history, but having a heart set on him actually affirms the historical figure of Jesus in the present day. What are your thoughts for Jason here, Ben? Yeah, so I don't think there's any doubt that people have, um, anybody who takes history seriously as to, you know, as to the fact that Jesus was a man who lived and so on, I think it's always the what happens at the cross and who Jesus claims to be and so on that becomes the the um controversial point and I think the difficulty with it is that without the Holy Spirit working within in us um we can't sort of we, we can't 
have the faith that's required to understand who Jesus is completely. Um, so, yeah, we, we need to have the Holy Spirit working in us to reveal the entire truth about who Jesus is. Thank um, you so much for your call, Jason. Uh, 1-800-316-316. Hey, it's Easter this weekend. This coming Friday is going to be Good Friday. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that at Easter time you've got the crucifixion and then, of course, on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, the resurrection of Christ. And oftentimes, uh, and you might have done this over many years, as uh, I have done too, Ben, the idea of you reread the Easter story, you reread the events of the uh, crucifixion from the Gospels, and you rejoice greatly and you celebrate the resurrection because those things are so powerful. But it's one thing to know the elements of the story. It's another thing to actually personalize those elements and begin to think about uh, what those elements really mean for all of humanity. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts about how you might deal with uh, the Easter story this weekend uh, when you're talking about these th- sorts of things, not just from the head, but also the heart. Hmm. I think um, when Paul talks about you know, what Christ achieved on the cross means that um, the sting of death no longer has its sting because Christ's overcome death. Paul talks about the fact that Jesus um, has overcome death and, you know, the sting of death, I think, are the words that he uses, um, which is something that certainly all of humanity would want to cling to, I would think. Uh, and the fact that Jesus, you know, by being resurrected, um, it proves that he is who he says he is. Um, and, you know, if you're linking all of the things that are said right through the entire Old Testament that point to to Jesus coming in, him being who he says he is, uh, it all just becomes so much more powerful. Um, the fact that we have the promise now that we will be resurrected as he was resurrected, yeah, Easter just becomes so powerful. Mm. A comment from Facebook from Val who says, to be filled with the Spirit brings us into a deeper dimension in God. The Holy Spirit is the revelator who leads and guides us into all truth as we read God's word, he brings a deepening awareness of the abiding presence of God and teaches us how to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Uh, what are your thoughts for Val? Yeah, well, the Holy Spirit is definitely um, who, you know, initially opens our eyes and helps us to read Scripture in a different light than if, if he wasn't working in us. And I think that this is going back to the point about you know, whether or not scriptures become um, truth and knowledge and the rock to stand on or whether or not they still seem foolishness as they will to the rest of the world. Um, so the Holy Spirit is key. <laughs> yeah. Val, thank you very much for your post on Facebook and you can respond on Facebook. The question, is the knowledge of God supposed to be shallow or deep? And how do you get to the deep end? Uh, that's facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Our special guest is Benjamin Swift. We're talking about his new book. Uh, let's take another call. Granville is on the line from Western Australia. Hi, Granville. Welcome. Uh, good morning, Neil. I really enjoy your program. What I wanted to basically saying, I believe it's my personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, through the Holy Spirit and the prompting. To me, that's a real that's the real essence of, and, and of course, faith in Jesus. And we know that he died at the cross. And 
through that. And it's an ongoing relationship. And I think the Holy Spirit continues to prompt us to show us how we can get closer to Jesus. And, um, yeah, and of course, reading the Word of God through the Scriptures. And the other thing I think from time to time, uh, listening to other people, Bible preachers like David Jeremiah, of course, Billy Graham, other people now in the Graham family. Uh, and also, um, years ago, I was in Albany, and there's a lady called Michelle Hamilton, and she was saved in the South China Sea. It's a long story, but basically she's saved through Christ through his personal intervention, and he's saved her. I can't go into detail now, obviously. That made an impact on me. And not that we've got to just be going on the Bible, not people's testimonies, but that can also be a help in our faith as well. Granville, good thoughts there, and you raise a really important dimension because oftentimes we can be thrilled with hearing the testimony of others and based on their understanding, their relationship with God, and perhaps people who are a little in further in the deep end than we are. Uh, let's get a, a little thought or two here from Ben. Uh, ben, what about the idea of personal testimony in relation to deepening our faith according to the Scriptures? Yeah, testimonies are always very moving. Um, I think the important thing is um, from that point of when people give a testimony, uh, if they're early on in their journey, um, it'd be interesting to hear from them again down the track and see how things are going. Um, just to see that, you know, I think it'd be even more powerful to see how the journey from that moment of being a Christian or becoming a Christian has actually ended up. Uh, how has it helped them through the reality of life? How has it how has it helped them to answer the big questions of life and so on? So yeah, I'd I'd like to hear the two the two ends. <laughs> Granville, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316, 1-800-316-316. We talked a little bit earlier about when you're getting into some deeper waters, how the real depths are unfathomable. When you think you've got things worked out, Ben, uh, sometimes mm. there's other things that are still unanswerable because... The issues are so big. Uh, sometimes mm. we talk about, you know, God being incomprehensible. And for some, th they think that uh, that means, oh, well, you don't worry about God because he's incomprehensible. Uh, of course, when we talk about shallow and into the deep end, we're talking about grappling with these things about where God is in all of this. And this incomprehensibility is certainly very much deeper than any of us can go to. But what are your thoughts around this idea of God being incomprehensible? Well, firstly, um, I think Martin Luther said a really good thing with, with this um, sort of concept. He, <clears throat> he encourages people to flee from the, um, the God that's unknown and flee towards the God that's been revealed in Christ. So we have what God wants to reveal to us about himself. We have that, particularly in the life of Christ. So we need to um, spend as much time as we can you know, looking at what he has revealed to us about himself. And we have to leave to mystery or faith what we don't know. And I think it, for the people that are trying to understand everything about God, um, they need to realize that if we could ever understand everything about God, then we would actually be God. It's never going to happen because we're not obviously God. So, um, yeah, we, we need to sort of um, be happy enough or, or satisfied enough that we have to leave some things to mystery. Yeah. 
Okay, there's a chapter in your book, Ben. Uh, it's Apologetics Beyond Mount Stupid. Yeah. Uh, apologetics Beyond Mount Stupid. Uh, take, take us into yeah. what all that's about. Okay, yeah. I was. Um, I first heard of this. Um, it's, it's like a, a graph. I saw a, a conference once where it showed that people often um, can become quite arrogant about you know, knowing everything and they, they often come, they come off as arrogant when they're talking to people about it doesn't matter what the topic is, they know all about it and so on when they only really know very little about it, they're not experts. And so often it, climbing Mount Stupid means you get to the point where you actually realise um, your own ignorance and then be willing to slide back down to the bottom and be more real about it and talk to people um, in a more humble sort of way. So what I was using it for in my book was really to say that being an apologist doesn't mean we have to always try and appear to know everything. In fact, we don't, we don't even come close to knowing everything. So um, it's, it's better to be, um, you know, to share what you do know about, but, but be humble in your approach. I think people come across or will accept you a lot better if you're a lot more of a a humble sort of a person, and you're going to have more of an effect in the in the realm of apologetics in that way. A yeah. wonderful insight there. The idea that some things we ought to and must hold tight to, but there are other things that we might hold a little more lightly. Uh, I imagine you can make that differentiation when you're talking about uh, climbing Mount Stupid, because uh, because if if there are some things you've got to hold tight to, there I guess maybe they're the primary things you've got to grapple with. Uh, but there are other mm. things where you might be off on a tangent and things that are not quite so important uh, that you might hold a little more lightly because uh, some new light might come, new revelation, new insight uh, that actually mm. shows that you're wrong and you need to change. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, I've um, had the experience of interviewing people uh, that are you know, they've got their doctorates in astrophysics and so on. Um, now, I have to realise when I do that that you know, my knowledge of astrophysics is not anywhere near there, so I can't pretend that I can have conversations where I'm giving them suggestions about astrophysics. I have to come in to the interview um, and the discussions at a level that's that's real for me and um, talk about the things that I do know about and ask questions of the things that I don't know about. I think, yeah, that's they're a lot more valuable conversations than the people that go into these conversations trying to come across as the expert. And, you know, in the face of somebody who's got a doctorate in a subject, they're just going to appear foolish. So, yeah. Okay, and recognising too that sometimes when people have doctorates in a particular subject, say an astrophysicist, means that they are very well and deeply qualified in a particular discipline, but they may actually be not quite so well qualified and maybe even quite naive on some other issues. And some of those issues around ordinary life, uh, sometimes people who, uh, you know, uh, eggheads when it comes to their knowledge on some areas, sometimes can be fairly light on other areas. What are your thoughts about, you know, about perhaps even being overwhelmed or in awe of people who have got these big qualifications and, uh, and on some areas of life they actually are quite ignorant? Yeah, well, I think you can have some interesting discussions because you can bring in questions that you have about life and ask them from their perspective, from their knowledge, how do they see things. Uh, hopefully they'll answer your question in a language that you can understand. But, um, yeah, I think you're right about... People tend to have uh, areas that they are 
you know, experts in, particularly people with their PhDs and so on. But, yeah, you shouldn't assume because they've got a PhD in one thing, which usually very specialised, um, that they know a lot about everything. Uh, it's Yeah, it's it's just having the conversations and spending the time with people to really um, share what we both know. I think that's the value. I imagine also at the same time when you are talking to that person who's really well qualified, very highly educated, that you can learn an awful lot from them. And even if you might have a disagreement, uh, those things you might learn, even if they're uh, deepening the questions that you're asking and that they're asking, then that's going to be a useful thing for you. Hey, another comment on Facebook from Joe. Joe says the knowledge of God can only be obtained by getting into his word and through revelation by the Holy Spirit. His word is both shallow and deep and can be both at the same time. The simple things of God will confound the wise of the world. Now there's an interesting one, shallow and deep at the same time. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think that's spot on because reading scriptures is like peeling an onion. It's like the more you read it, you just keep on taking the layers off. And, uh, yeah, I'm finding that more and more in my life. Um, you read the same... It's amazing, really, how the Word really is alive because you read the same thing that you've read several times before and it's like something will hit you that you didn't understand or you didn't see or um, or it maybe it applies to something that's happening, you know, in the world at the time. It's just... It, it's an incredible um, scripture. Like, it's just... Uh, it's it's so obvious that it's alive <laughs> when it does this. And yeah. I imagine that as we come into Easter, uh, Good Friday is this Friday. Sometimes it's a very different year this year. You've got to keep reminding yourself, hey, Good Friday is this Friday. But you can hear the story of the cross, of the crucifixion of Jesus. But if you want to deepen that, Ben, I'll get your thoughts here. You can deepen that by understanding or thinking about or grappling in your own mind what the substitutional death of Jesus was about, what the understanding that we might have as Christian believers of the atonement uh, based on those Hebrew roots for our faith. And then we get to the resurrection, uh, what it is to walk in resurrection life just as Christ rose. Uh, how do we live our life in resurrection life? These are the sorts of questions that can take us from shallow understanding into some deeper understanding. What are your thoughts generally? And you might have some other thoughts around the Easter story and how we can take that deeper this e- this Easter. Mm. Um, there's a lot, yeah, to go with that question, but I think a starting point would be to really understand what um, sin is and the depth of our sin, and just how it's um, it is the nature that we have. It's in a, a friend of mine wrote in his book that um, it's like the ocean that seeps into every crack on the ocean floor. That's what sin is like within us. Um, it, it's just all through us and. So the fact that Jesus died to um, to heal that or to to save us from our own selves, um, basically, yeah, that, it becomes a lot more powerful. Um, yeah, I think also, yeah, it's, it's like a culmination of things that have gone right through the Old Testament. You know, failure after failure of of the um, Israelites. You know living up to the law and so on and just turning away from God time after time. But, you know, he just consistently 
says that he has this plan, basically. Um, yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot of meaning in Easter that we need to get our heads around. It's, um, it's not just another routine and Holiday. for a lot of yeah. us, this coming Easter, an ideal opportunity. Some of us more socially isolated, spending more time at home, an opportunity to be able to think through some of these sorts of issues more deeply and the opportunity to pick up a book and read. And as I get to that point, let me just mention that Benjamin Swift is the author of a new book. It's called Beyond the Fish Sticker. Now, that uh, that needs some explanation on its own, but it's all about seeking a deeper knowledge of God and ourselves. Uh, Benjamin, your book is available from Kurong and good Christian bookstores. Is there a particular website you'd like to point people to? Um, I think, well, the Kurong site itself, if you look it up on there, it, there's um, there's a lot... There's, there's reviews and there's um, endorsements and there's descriptions on there. Uh, you can also go to the publisher's website, which is Morning Star Publishing. Um, they're probably the two places I'd say to go to. Yeah, um, you can get it anywhere really. Um, but yeah, they're the two main places I'd recommend. So if you're googling uh, this book, uh, Benjamin. Swift, the author of the book called Beyond the Fish Sticker, Seeking a Deeper Knowledge of God and Ourselves, uh, available from bookstores like Kurong uh, or Morningstar Publishing. But if you simply Google Benjamin Swift, Beyond the Fish Sticker, you'll be able to get a hold of his book. Benjamin, just great getting your insights. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, look, uh, as Easter's upon us, uh, you know, my prayer for you is that you'll have a great, deep and fabulous time as you contemplate afresh uh, issues around the crucifixion and the resurrection on Resurrection Day. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Well, thanks, thanks very much, Neil. It's been really good. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.